Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais with another episode of the Yakking Show Business Channel. This is a show where we bring you interesting guests to give you actionable tips and ideas to help your business thrive and survive in the interesting times we're heading into. Today is no exception. We have a really interesting guest, but it's Kathleen's job to introduce guests. So first, let's say hello to Kathleen, co-host. How are you today, Kathleen? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you for that. And thank you also very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate having you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. We have the great privilege of welcoming Oscar Joffrey to the show today. Hello, Oscar. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me here today. So listen to this, everyone. Oscar is the co-founder, president, and CEO of CoreChain. He is currently one of the top 10 global thought leaders in equity crowdfunding, a top five fintech influencer, top 10 blockchain and top 50 insurtech. He has published an ebook and has been downloaded in over 20 countries and has been distributed by partners worldwide. Are you impressed yet? We were. <laughs> so, Oscar, let's get down right to it. Can Let's to start. What is Cork? chain and can you explain what this company is about and who does it serve yeah it's a great question and and you know i'm going to use big buzzwords but i'll try to dumb it down for everybody because it's important so we're we're in an infrastructure in the private capital markets people mm -hmm. go well what is that we are there to protect investors exactly that protect investors you make an investment in a company uh our core chain is an immutable form of having that ownership registered and making sure that nobody can take that away from you. And the other part, make it more transparent, meaning companies who are raising capital to be able to navigate through this entire rigorous process of raising capital and then having to report to numerous parties to make it much smoother. And so we have built an infrastructure. It's the first one that has gone through the SEC, Securities Exchange Commission in the United States, mm -hmm. to be qualified. Qualified meaning approved for companies using Jobs Act regulations, CF, A plus, and Regulation D, to be able to issue shares, as people would know it. But now we can call them tokens, mm -hmm. coins, but fully compliant. And that's what we're doing. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So I, I have a very basic, and I say very basic, understanding of blockchain and how it works very basic but till I, and I, i'm sure some of our audience struggle with the technology as well but what is a private and permission blockchain as opposed to a blockchain so there's this whole argument out there regarding public chains and private chains and they mm -hmm. go everything should be public the problem with that is that it, it 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 can be really good for a lot of things like social media sites where mm -hmm. everybody knows who you are. You willingly put that information and it should be there. So in private chain means that only those who are authorized, who have been allowed, can gain access. And people okay. go, well, that's not being transparent. But the important thing is it, it depends on what it is that you're doing. So what is it that we do? We are in the private capital markets the first mm -hmm. word meaning private private right private so what does that mean this is where people come and raise money privately held companies raise money from investors at large they're not public companies they're private and the investors are private 
their personal information is private. Not just because you put ten thousand dollars in one, should everybody know about that and everybody sure. coming after you? No, of course not. No. You made that investment private. So a permission-based environment like what we have at Core Chain, only regulated participants, meaning yeah. broker dealers, lawyers, auditors, secondary ATS, SEC registered transfer agents, securities regulators, they're the only ones that can write to it and view it. And of course, the individual investor in the company, yeah. but the general yeah. public, that's not available to you unless they themselves make the decision to provide it to everyone. And okay. so those are the two mechanics. Some would say that because it's permission, it's not a true chain, but they're, they're both serving a purpose and you still got to follow the regulations. Sure. And when you do, mm-hmm. you protect mm-hmm. investors. With the first thing I said to you is protecting investors. We haven't done that very well. And for your listeners today, they're all like, oh, no, not another one of these things I fell for before. I lost 10000 or half a million, like the gentleman just outside of Toronto. This is not what this is. Yeah. Blockchain technology right. is a wonderful, right. wonderful technology. The problem is that people decided to create things using that technology for different things. Some did it for malicious reasons mm-hmm. and so on. And that's unfortunate. The use case for the technology is phenomenal. It can remove redundancy. It can provide great levels of transparency and protection, but it's got to be used in the right business case. And two, most importantly, you have to use the existing rules that currently exist today, not rules that you think will be there in the future today, because those are the rules that regulators follow Mm -hmm. and investors need to be protected on. Right, right. I'm with you. And just to clarify as well, um, if you set up a system for one group of investors and one private company, and you might have a pool that have access to that of investors, the company, people, regulators, lawyers, government, and everything. That's an entirely separate pool to the next deal that you do with another company with a different group of investors. The whole lot is entirely separate, correct? They are. They always were, right? Yeah, sure. And that's that's the basis what people overlooked when the public chains were introduced. When that yep. got introduced, I mean, would you like your banking details to be available out there? No. And people go, but most people would never know because it's a hash. That's right. 98% of the market will never know what that is. But right. it's the 2% that I'm afraid of. Yeah. You, what you sure? The math guys that know what to do with those numbers. They know how to reverse it. What does that mean? They know that based on the hashtag, they can trace it back to the IP address. They can trace it back to the program, to the computer. Hey, there he is. Mm-hmm. There's Peter, right? That's his yep. bank account. So yeah. when people figured that out, you know, people talk about, oh, you know, I use blockchain to be anonymous. There's no such thing as anonymous. Mm-hmm. The minute you got on the internet, you created an IP. So mm-hmm. we just need to understand the business cases. When we started Core Chain, we wanted to solve a problem. And the only way you can solve a problem is first to understand it. So that was the, the mm-hmm. genesis of where we came from. And once you understand the problem and you understand it, it's entirely only then can you go back and say, which of these technologies is the best one suited to come and fix this problem today and for tomorrow and so on. Right. Rather than, hey, I'm going to build this over here and the regulators will come. They'll just they'll they'll have to come because this is the movement. Regulators Mm -hmm. don't move for movement. They move to protect investors. Right. So let's. 
let's break this down a little bit, Oscar, for, for those that are might still be a little bit unclear as to the process that's involved in, in working with you. So you you have this company, you you have an investor. How how is it how is it that they find you, first of all? How is how what is the process? Just to help us. The pro- yeah, the process. Online. I mean, it's just standard. Uh, I mean, companies usually will work with lawyers, broker dealers. Mm-hmm. So because we are a fully compliant infrastructure, we're working with regulated people who only want to make sure their clients are doing everything compliantly. And because, see, understanding compliance is one thing. Operating compliantly is another. And mm-hmm. why it's important in the United States, because in the United States, unlike in Canada or other countries, you don't just get a slap in the hand. They give you a beautiful outfit called orange, and they put <laughs> these beautiful things in your ankle, handcuffs, and they seize everything you have, yeah. and then you prove yourself innocent. So right. this is the only securities regular in the world that has their own you know, private police in order to mm-hmm. do that. So we get our clients from our partners, broker-dealers, FINRA broker-dealers. Why? Because you need a broker-dealer in order to be able to transact. They're the mm-hmm. ones qualified to be able to do KYC, know your client, ID, AML, sanction screening on all these investors to make sure that the people that are buying your tokens or shares, whatever that may be in your company, is done properly. That's what they do. And lawyers to submit the documents to the SEC, auditors to com- perform the audit. So they bring the offerings to us. And what we do, we work with our ecosystem, with our clients to be able to launch this offering fully compliant to the market. And when they do, it they have the assurance that nobody's going to be knocking on their door asking them to either refund all their money or anything like that because of the activities by using our infrastructure in order to transact. So for everyday people, it's does it really matter that the, your, your ownership is on blockchain? Not 100%. It doesn't. But if it is, it gives you that assurance that you are the owner. That mm-hmm. is so powerful. But the regulators said, okay, we like this technology, the immutability, but we still want all the regulated pieces. We want the broker dealer. We want the lawyer, the auditor. And we also want a third party, a third party custodian to be able to manage the book of records of the company to say yes. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter does own those 10,000 shares, tokens, coins, whatever it is, and be able to report on the activity. All of this is done in in a more fluid way using technology. So we build this entire infrastructure. So you're not doing it via paper, fax, or anything like that. It's all on a platform. And when you operate it, you give it to clients under their own brand. What does that mean? It means Uh, that they don't come to us. You go to your client, you go to BrewDog, or you go to Legion M, Legion Works, wherever you make the investment and you're there. But behind it all, it's an infrastructure that's supporting it because the private mm-hmm. market is huge. It's massive. Right. I yeah. mean, in the United States, there's 32 million privately held companies. Every single wow. year. My goodness. Every single year, 145,000 plus companies are raising capital right. from investors. Yeah. So, Oscar, how did you develop this concept? So I've been in the private capital markets now, uh, well, all my life as an entrepreneur, of course. But it it wasn't until I met David Weald 
the father of the Jobs Act 14 years ago that kind of changed my entire perspective on what was going on. David Weald was the for- former vice chairman of NASDAQ. He is the father mm-hmm. of the Jobs Act in the United States. And what he did was fundamentally change the way capital could be raised. And this is the, 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 the bigger issue, not just the technology, which is for the very first time up until 2012, Americans, Americans, 233 million of them could not invest in private companies. Mm-hmm. 233 million of them could not. All they could do is wait and watch and see watching people become billionaires, millionaires. And they had to wait until the companies became public. Right. And only okay. then could right. they participate. The privates were for the one percenters. David Will changed all that. When the Jobs Act was introduced, signed in by President Obama, and it came into act. And what does it do? It allows every, every American, 233 million of them today, to participate, to invest in everyday companies as low as $10. $10 they can invest in a company, or maybe $5, whatever the minimum investment a company has. And a company can have unlimited shareholders in order to do that. So you need technology infrastructure. So my motivation came from 14 years ago when I knew that the market was going to look almost like Publix, almost, but it was going to be better. And people, were, How can mm-hmm. it be better? Because at this point, the motivation between investor and company were aligned. And what is the difference? So if you understand the public markets, investors are on one side of the table mm-hmm. and the company is on the other. Mm-hmm. And here's the catch. The company does not see who the shareholders are. Mm-hmm. They have no idea that you bought shares. All they know, if you're an institutional investor and you and they bought shares because they, that's the only ones they go to and so on. But the everyday Joe, every person, they have no idea. They burn money and so on. And, and you know, they. it's not that they don't care. They just don't know. So they're not aligned. In the private world, when you invest in a company, you sit directly on their cap table. Peter Wright, 1,000 shares, been with me since, you know, 2016. Fantastic. I know you. I know who you are. I know where you live as, as a company. I report to you directly. That connectivity, that association changes the paradigm of how we look at this whole structure of how we build companies. What does that mean? It means that up until 2012, there was only investors and the company. Guess who was missing? The customer, the client, the partners, Mm -hmm. the people who support the business, who help grow the business. They weren't allowed to participate. Now they can. And now when you have a company with 30,000 investors, you don't have 30,000 investors. You have 30,000 customers, 30,000 brand ambassadors. So you rebuild the model. Mm -hmm. And hence the reason why you need technology to manage this. No different than when companies engage in sales. The person you're thinking of, I need a CRM. Okay. So now you need a platform to be able to manage your affairs as a company, to manage your boardroom, your cap table, your shareholders, to communicate with them, to be able to have the shareholders log in, view how many shares, so they can trade them, transfer them. That's what the regulators did. They opened up the private markets in a way that nobody had ever even imagined. I remember 14 years ago, I would go to people and say, Imagine a company with a thousand shareholders. You're crazy. No, no. How about 10,000? How about a hundred thousand? How about a million? The goal never happened. It did. It has. And that's Mm -hmm. exciting. Mm -hmm. 
So that's where you need an infrastructure because how do you keep track of all that? How does how does a company sure. with a million shareholders keep track of the movement? Well, that's where you need technology on top and the core chain at the bottom to be able to household that to make sure that when Peter logs in, yeah, there is my 1,000 shares. It's right there. Right. I can proceed. Mm. Here, here's one for you because I don't understand the private shareholding regulations in the U.S. and I come from a British background where it was quite different. So now with these changes you're talking about in the USA where a company, a private company have unlimited number of shareholders, how do those shares get change hands? For instance, let's say I have 10,000 shares in Kathleen's company, which I bought through your system, and I run into some trouble. I need to liquidate some some assets, and I want to sell those shares. How, how does that happen in, in the current legislation? So the current legislation did a number of things. It did three things. Number one, it allowed everybody over the age of 18 to invest in companies. And mm-hmm. not just from the United States, anywhere in the world. That's how powerful the SEC is. Oh, okay. 4.7 billion people, except the sanctioned countries, of course. Number two, it also provided a provision, depending on which of the regulations you use, to be able to transfer them and trade them at your whim, not at my whim as the CEO. Which okay. means that you want a 1,000 shares, and for whatever reason, you've got to sell them, and Kathleen's willing to buy them. Fantastic. Through our platform, you can make that request. It will do all the ID, AML, suitability, all of that. And there'll be a transfer agent, SEC registered transfer agent to transact, complete the transaction completely electronic. No more PDF documents, no more emails, no more going to an office. You have to imagine a whole world where it operates in computer terminals with real human beings. And that's what we built. Mm-hmm. And the right. regulators also went one step further. They said, not only can you do it privately, but now you can sell them in what is called registered secondary market ATSs, alternative trading Ah. systems. So now as a private shareholder, I can go and trade my shares in an alternative trading system and the company remains private. I mean, this is the holy grail. So the third part of all this is where the regulators gave the power back to the companies. And this is really important because when David Wheel created the Jobs Act, it was about stabilizing what was broken. And what was broken mm-hmm. was that after the financial collapse in the United States in 2008, mm-hmm. the only people that walked out with money were the bankers. Mm-hmm. Middle America lost everything, mm-hmm. their businesses, their homes, and so on. And the important thing to take away from there is that what is it that a public company, public companies are there to make money. And there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. And we are under the illusion they create jobs, innovation. They do not. Mm-hmm. In the last 30 years, they do not. And we're seeing right. that right now. Look at Meta. Look at every company mm-hmm. slashing 10, 20. Why is it 25%? It's an exact number to meet their numbers, their quarterly right. numbers. With In private world, it's where we create jobs. It's where we create innovation. This is where it's at. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. between here and here, we need to fill that gap. And that gap is putting the control back in companies, giving them the control. So if your only alternative in capital raising was family and friends, government, private equity, and venture capital, I have a new chapter for you. The new chapter is you use the Jobs Act so you can reach millions, billions of people who are like-minded to you in what you're working on, 
and you do it under your terms, but it comes with responsibility. Right. That responsibility is transparency. So you remember what I said earlier, transparency. Mm-hmm. The yep. difference between private companies and publics, public companies do things because they have to. Private companies do things because they want to. See the difference? Want to. Have to. Yeah, want sure. To. The motivation right. here is right. that if right. I treat my community correctly, I can gain more exposure. I can go back to them again. I have a company that's been doing this now nine times back and forth, going back to the crowd really? in the business. Why not? Wow. Why do you need to? We need to get out of this illusion that the only way a billion-dollar company can come from is from venture capital. The answer is no. And, and more importantly, mm-hmm. more sure. importantly, not every company needs to be a billion-dollar company. Here's an oh. example I'm going to give you. Mm-hmm. Every community anywhere in the world will have a grocery store or a dry cleaner or a pizzeria, mm-hmm. right? And the owner has to shut down because, you know, growth. And now you and your community, before it was only steps away, now you have to go 10, 20 kilometers away to get that service. 20 kilometers, it's going it, to, it, you lost it. So what if that owner could come to the community and say, for a hundred dollars, I can give you ownership in the business, and it stays here. Mm-hmm. Isn't mm-hmm. it worth to you a hundred dollars to keep something? Sure. There? That's the beauty of this for the first time, and that's not a billion dollar company. Mm-mm. That's not a billion. It, but it, it, we need it. There are small businesses like this everywhere: small, medium, large, extra large. We need them all. Why? Because they all create jobs. Jobs yep. is what's important. And at the same time, it's creating innovation. It's providing the ability for people to innovate. And for me, I'm most proud because here I am. I'm an immigrant in, in Canada. I'm not a I'm Canadian citizen, but I came as an immigrant. And growing up and trying to access capital when you don't have a relationship, it becomes even tougher. Okay? Right. So today, my niece, who's 30 years old, comes to me, uncle, I'm going to start a business. She is able to take my last 20, 30 years of what I've done, and she's able to mm-hmm. do it in months because of that. So <clears throat> right. we're already changing that. I'm already seeing the results of the next iteration just by merely educating everyone what's available. But the key is you have to be ready. You have to be ready in many ways. Number one, you need to sure. be technology. You need to adapt. And two, you need to be ready to be able to talk to this audience in a very different way. But that audience is eagerly waiting for you if you are in the like-minded element that you're doing something they could never do or they've always wanted to do, but they didn't, but now you're doing it and they might as well ride your wagon. And the nice thing about private markets is where the money is. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, of course it is. So, wow. Uh, Tell our audience a little bit about tokenized securities. Is this NFTs, non-fungible tokens? So tokenization is a really... It, it can be used in so many different forms. So first I'll tell you how we use it. And then I'll give you some examples mm-hmm. of others, because I think it's important that we understand where the use cases are. So, um, sure. so how do we use it? So when you understand private markets, it's really simple. You make an investment in a company. Uh, they email you a PDF document to put your signature in. A few weeks later, the company says, hey, uh, Peter, Kathleen, I'm emailing you guys your share certificate. And you get a PDF copy of a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. And then the company's managing that in some minute book at the lawyer's office, which you better hope he's paying the bills because lawyers hold that up for ransom sometimes. So all of that. And then when you ask them to do something, they go, Oh, I got to get back to you. I got to go and check your documents and all this. So I just kind of described to you what the real world is like today. Tokenization sure. is this. Yep. When something comes in right from the beginning, all that information gets put in. So we know who you are. We know how many shares you bought. We know what your rights are. All of that. We knew that. It was in the agreement. You just extract all those points of information and you put it on, on the chain, on the core chain. And you put it. It's immutable. When you log in, you don't need to contact the company to find out what your rights are, how much you own, when you bought it, how you paid it, what your rights are, what you can do with it. It's right there in front of you. But not only mm-hmm. you can see it, the company can see it. Everybody who on the board of directors can see it. So that way there is no dispute about I own a thousand shares. I bought it this day, this time, and so on and so on. So the beauty of that is that at that moment, that information is there and it's here today. And you made that investment July 5th, 2023. And then we go forward in time, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28. There's a new CEO now along the way, a new CFO along the way. And I've seen this. And he's got to balance everything. And somehow your 1,000 shares left in the old way they would leave. But here, it just carries on. It's a chain of trust. Right. So the day of liquidation comes in, there is no dispute, none whatsoever, that you own 1,000 shares. There's no dispute when mm-hmm. you want to trade mm-hmm. them or transfer them whatsoever because it already knows. That's the power of tokenization in securities law. It, it has okay. a profound impact and cost savings to the company. In real world, think of it this way. There are many things that we take for granted every single day and we waste immense amount of time tracking and, and checking today, I just read an article about a company in the United States who has built on the blockchain the ability to trace pacemakers. You really? Okay. Why, why is that important? <laughs> I think it's extremely important. Uh-huh. If you understand, you want that information to be private. That's number one. But at the same time, you want it to make sure it's tam- nobody can tamper with it. So if yes. Oscar Joffrey's got this face maker in there and he has to fly around somewhere in the world, they got to rely on that number so they don't screw it up. Wow. Yep. A real life case of an NFT. So the terminology NFT, non-fungible token, is being used in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. So in one case, it's the the art and all that, that people are getting caught up and yep. losing billions. On real <laughs> live cases, there are phenomenal use cases. Another one that I hope it comes because we've seen it all too often in the United States and recently in Canada where people are selling other people's homes. Yep. I mean, how crazy is that, right? I'm trying. I mean, so imagine this on the blockchain. So land titles knows it's Peter Wright. And Kathleen, that own this property. Okay, their their signature there, all that's out there. The the lawyer doing the selling and the buying would have to check those records. There'd be no dispute about the ownership and the identification. Sure. And the platform would handle all the IDs and AML to ensure that all of this is being done completely compliantly. Today, all of that is done in paper. That's the reason why you can have forgers mm-hmm. and all that. So that's another example that if we ever implemented, imagine how much fraud we can stop. Mm. How much oh, fraud yeah, we sure. can stop. Right? Mm. So these sure. are the real life cases. Unfortunately, today, what we've seen in the market 
is another use of these technologies, not always favorable to investors. So I, I, I applaud the innovation in some cases, but the problem is that that innovation is coming at a cost of individual investors who do not understand what is happening. And because of that, they're getting caught up on this storm that quite often when you don't understand something, you shouldn't get in until you get a full grasp of, uh, is this legal? Am I going to lose everything? And as much as they tell you, oh, it's okay, it, it, it's not. Because mm-hmm. there are securities laws that come into play depending on how that NFT or token was provided to the end user uh, in order to use. And, mm-hmm. and in most cases, as you've now seen with the SEC, it is a security. Therefore, mm-hmm. investors have lost. See, mm-hmm. investors have lost at that moment. There's a very yeah. good likelihood investors will not get their investment back. So that's why working in the core chain, you never have to be, as an investor, you never have to be worried. You just have to make sure that the company you're investing in is using core chain. Otherwise, we can't guarantee that. Right. right. And I, I can see a, a huge advantage for doing things when they're supposed to be done. I was just thinking as an example, let, let's say in my little private company, I, for tax reasons, I want to transfer 5,000 shares to each of my two sons. So I send an email to my lawyer. I phone them and say, please do this and this. And I'm over 70 years old. I could die of a heart attack tomorrow. If the lawyer sits on that for a week and I die, then that transaction hasn't happened. But under your system, as soon as I give the instruction and log in, boom, it's done, right? It's done. And not only that, you add who your beneficiary owners are. We need to stop relying on third party. We need them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, sure. But sometimes they're never there at that moment when we really need them. And at that moment, your family, your sibling, everyone suffers because of that. Right. And and I also know that, look, as a, as a young entrepreneur, I love lawyers. I truly do. My motivation into getting into the corporate side was not one of seeing the light went on and who there's a problem. It was my own pain that I had to suffer along with my board of directors and something so simple. And here's the example. So if we had blockchain, this would have never happened. Number one, the lawyer had everything. So always remember this. We think of lawyers as our gods. So we send them everything, our subscription agreements, every every disclosure made, and he puts it in a binder, shoves it on the, you know, on the shelf unit and he'll, you know, among his thousands of other clients. And then you ask him to construct an agreement, right? Remember, he's got the Bible, so mm-hmm. he's creating an agreement and, and so on. So we, as the board and management, review, and we're thinking, well, we're thinking. We're saying, of course the lawyer checked because he's got the Bible. He would have checked. Nobody bothers to second guess. But every lawyer, whether you realize it or not, has a nice legal disclaimer at the bottom. There's still the responsibility of the company. So for us, I found out the hard way in 2003. In 2003, the Alberta Securities Commission in Alberta issued us a letter indicating that we have misrepresented ourselves in one paragraph. One paragraph. One we paragraph. weren't even raising money. But that paragraph cost each of the board of directors embarrassment plus a fine, not a sanction, because we didn't do it deliberately. It was disclosed. But the point was, it wasn't disclosed at this time. But the part that made me angrier than anything else, it was the lawyer who didn't have to pay it's the lawyer who didn't have to give any excuses other than it was your responsibility. Our argument was, wait a minute, you had everything. You had right. all the information. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. your responsibility to review. Okay. From that day on. Wow. And right. that's what people need to understand. 
Right. You hire them to do the work, but they're human beings. They'll forget yeah, things. Right. Right. And the thing about securities law, you cannot forget, oh, yeah, we should have done that. Sorry about that, guys. Oh, okay, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out. Exactly. You can't do that. Right. No, when you're no, small, come, okay. Yeah. Comes back to bite you. We, we are rapidly running out of time. And Kathleen, you need to get some information out of Oscar before yes, we run out of time. Absolutely, Oscar. My goodness, what a pleasure to have you on the show. I mean, we could talk to you yeah. about this, I'm sure. But how do people contact you? So uh, reaching me is really simple. Mm-hmm. You can find me on LinkedIn, Oscar Joffrey, O-S-C-A-R-J-O-F-R-E on Twitter, Facebook. I'm very easy to reach. Okay. But you can email me, Oscar at corechain.io. Um, I also have three books uh, that I provide everyone, free books on learning. Listen, I write everything very simple. I, I know that technology can be seen overwhelmingly for everyone. The idea is providing the insights to everyone so they know what's going on, but they don't need to worry if they know what to look for. And that's mm-hmm. what we're doing. Right. Oh, my God. Excellent. And the books are available on your website? Correct. Yeah, they can download it or they can just email me directly and I'll send them the books. I have one called Equity Crowdfunding 101. This is the basics. I wrote it, oh, my God, 12 years ago. It's available in English, French, and Mandarin. Um, So I've had over 20 million copies of that distributed. And then I have Digital Securities 101. um, And then I have another one coming up. I believe in education. David. Sure taught me that the greatest gift that I can have, he taught me and continues to teach me today. We got to give back because we want everyone to know what the possibilities are. But the most important thing is you got to do it compliantly. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing that matters. It's the only way. It's the only the right way. The right way. Good. Well, we're out of time. So Oscar, thank you. Yes. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Oscar. And once again, thank you also very much for tuning in. If anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, we invite you to visit our website at theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form, and we would love to hear from you. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.